Welcome to the Coach's Spotlight. I'm your host, Oliver Momini. No intro, no music, no outro, just you and me. After this first episode, I'll be interviewing coaches from around the globe that share their struggles and pitfalls all the way up to how they became successful as a coach. There will be two types of shows on this podcast. The first type of show is where a coach comes on the show and shares their story with us and how and why they started with their coaching business. And I'll be asking them many other questions during the show. We'll be following a clear and concise format on every show, so you know exactly what to expect on every episode. And the second type of show will be where a coach gets reinvited to come back on the podcast and share their expertise in a mini masterclass format. That said, I might even do some solo episodes with just you and me. But before I kick off the coach's spotlight, I'll share with you my story and how and why I started online, which eventually led to becoming a coach and also launched this podcast. All started in 2008 on the way to work. Prior to that day, life was actually very good. I had a stable job that I had been working for over six years. I had worked myself up into management. And one year before the nightmare that I'm going to be sharing with you in a sec, I got married. We had big plans. We wanted four kids, buying a big house. The world was my oyster. However, all those plans never happened as one morning, my life was turned upside down. So one morning on the day to work, driving along the Mediterranean Sea down here in southern Spain, I almost lost control of my car as I had so much pain in my stomach that it felt like I was being stabbed. But not once, four times after another in less than 10 seconds. Luckily, I hit no one and didn't cause any harm to others. Eventually, I stopped the car on the far right side and tried to wrap my head around what just happened. Later that day, I was diagnosed with a very weird stomach illness and they said I had to be operated by taking out 10 inches, about 25 centimeters, of my end intestine. But I should not worry, as they would only make three or four very small incisions and operate me with these so-called long-distance tools. Anyhow, which they did, and I was allowed to go home after 10 days. After a day being home, I woke up the following morning, and a good friend came over to see how I was. The first thing he said when I opened the door was, You don't look good, man. And I said, Dude, what do you expect? And he shook his head and said, you looked better in the hospital a few days ago. So not even 20 minutes later, I was again in the hospital. But when I got there, no one knew what was going on with me. The only thing they saw was that I was on fire. I had 105 degrees Fahrenheit, which is over 40 degrees in Celsius. So they put me into the CAT scan, also called a CT scan, because they had no clue what was going on with me. And after they scanned me from top to bottom, I was rolled out of the tube. And as I was still lying there, I was looking around myself. And I see the guy that is behind the glass wall jump up from behind his computer, rips the door open, and runs in my direction, pulling me off the CAT scan table thingy, placing me in a wheelchair, and running me down the corridor. Although he was running and pushing me down the corridor like crazy, it felt like all was happening in slow motion. The only thing he said to me was... One of the stitches in my stomach that was holding my intestines together had popped and that I was contaminating myself, which also explains the high temperature. Then all of a sudden he stopped in front of a door that was open. 
it was a emergency operation room where they just had finished with the last OP and were literally mopping up the blood from the floor. And in that moment, I knew this is not good. I'm obviously next. So I'm sitting there hunched down in my wheelchair, barely keeping my head up straight, watching these people cleaning everything up and preparing all for the next OP. And from one second to another, I feel how something was pulling at my t-shirt, basically at my neck and lifting me up. And notice how I'm starting to hover over myself. And as every second passed, me watching this, I gained in height. And then I said, wait a sec, what am I doing up here about 10 feet off the ground if I see myself down there? In that moment, I knew that if I don't stop hovering over myself, I'm done. Now, for those of you that don't know, but if you're intoxicating yourself with feces, then you don't have much time to live. Anyhow, you know when you can make yourself heavier by making it more difficult for someone picking you up? Well, that's what I was trying to do, but it felt like I was reaching down to myself by trying to sit back into the wheelchair. Looking back to that moment, I know now that what I was experiencing was pretty much Mr. Reaper coming to get me. I can't say I knew what was happening in the moment because all I was going through was not from this world. And no, I did not see some kind of light. Whatever was pulling at me was not strong enough to take me on a different journey. Now, I'm not religious, but only two things come for me in question. Either I was not allowing him to take me or my guardian angel was standing between me and our reaper friend. Fact of the matter is, something was preventing me from gaining more height. And all of a sudden, I don't look down on myself anymore, but looking into the operation room from my wheelchair and notice how someone grabs my chair and rolls me into the room. I still remember it crystal clear how they were strapping my arms onto the operation table. And from that moment, I knew this is serious. They operated me for over five and a half hours and I woke up the next day with something that I never thought I would ever experience. I woke up with a colostomy bag. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's a bag that gets taped to the outside of your stomach and collects your feces outside of your body. Happy days. The first thing I asked the nurse was, what's this? And the nurse responds with another question, they didn't tell you before? And I'm like, tell me what? Well, they couldn't reconnect your end intestine, so you now have this bag. In that moment, it felt like this can only be a dream because I didn't understand what she was talking about. And I was hoping that I'll wake up in a second. But no chance. I was wide awake. I felt the adrenaline pumping through my veins. Luckily, a few minutes later, the doctor that had operated me the first and second time was standing at my bed and explaining what had gone wrong in the first OP and what they had to do in the second to save my life. But it came at a cost, which was the bag. He said I would need to run around with this bag for three months and then they would try to reconnect everything, which gave me hope, but there was no guarantee that the OP then would be successful. But me being me, always optimistic, I said, all right, I'll be back in three months. Not forgetting, I had no other choice because the one end of my intestine <laughs> was looking out of my stomach. 
Later, I found out that if my friend would have not come over and see how I am, I would have fell unconscious from intoxicating myself and most likely would have died on the couch watching TV. So I'm actually blessed to still be alive. After two weeks, I was allowed to go home and now I had to wait for three months to go back and get operated a third time. Now, despite the circumstances, I knew I needed to find a way to pay the hospital and medical bills that were stacking up like crazy as I had to take loads of medication for everything to heal down there and get me ready for the third OP. And my savings were only going to get me that far. So one morning I woke up and went to my computer and typed the famous words, how to make money online. Now, I need to mention to that time, all I knew about the Internet was surfing around on the Web, connecting with my friends and family on Facebook, use Skype, open my emails. And that was about it. So I started to study all sorts of methods and putting out money for every course out there. You know, the typical ones that promise financial freedom. But unfortunately, after a few months, I still didn't have a functioning online business. Anyhow, the first three months went by pretty fast and I was sitting in the doc's office asking him, so when can we reconnect everything and get rid of this bag, doc? He said, well, it would be better if we wait another three months because the more time we give my stomach to recuperate from the second OP, the more likely the third one would be successful. I almost fell off my chair. I had no words. I just went back home. Anyway, during the following three months, my marriage fell apart and she left me because she said she could not handle my situation, which is pretty funny if you think about it, because I had something very strange to deal with and not her. And I always said in those days, if I could choose having all my bones broken or the bag, I would have chosen all my bones broken. So when I noticed she would not come back, I was very depressive, having anxiety and panic attacks multiple times a day, but I was also suicidal because I didn't see any reason for me to be around anymore. In a very short period, I lost my health, my job, everything I had worked for, and on top, the person that I thought would stand next to me in good or bad chose from one day to another just to walk out on me. It took a while, but I forgave her, and shortly after... I filed for divorce. You know, the first three months were already difficult enough coping with this bag, right? But the second three months were even worse as I was losing faith in humanity. And if it wouldn't have been for a coach, I would have lost it. And as the months went by and we had our coaching calls, I said to myself, if I could someday somehow give back to the coaching community, I would. Because if it wouldn't have been for that coach, I would have definitely lost it, not knowing I was a coach in the making, which is one of the reasons this podcast exists. And I'll explain in a moment why. So during those six months running around with that bag, my entire life turned upside down, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. I would have never imagined my life changing in such a drastic way. Anyhow, so after six months, I'm sitting at the doc's office again, and I said, okay, so when is my OP scheduled, doc? And he says, which OP? And I said, excuse me, what do you mean, which OP? Well, your case is quite severe, Oliver, and to assure that we can reconnect altogether, 
I recommend we wait another three months. So when he was done telling me that, I had a choice to totally flip out and say, screw it, I want to get operated now and take the risk, the operation not being successful because walking around with this bag was driving me nuts. Or wait another three months. How do you think I reacted? I kept my cool and said, all right, I don't want to risk the next OP going wrong, so I'll wait another three months. Now, you're not going to believe what he told me after nine months. Ready? I should start looking for another doctor because he didn't think he could get me back together again. Did he just say what I think he said? Can you imagine how that felt waiting for nine months to hear that? So without discussing with him, not even one word, I just stood up, turned around, and walked out of the clinic. On the way home, I said, there has to be someone out there that can get rid of this bag that had been dangling from my stomach for the last nine months. Luckily, we found someone. Actually, my mother did. A professor in Germany that had a reputation for being one of the best on the planet. And on top, he has his clinic in my hometown, Hamburg. So in total, I had the bag for about 10 months until I got operated in Germany, stayed for a couple months after, and then I flew back home to Spain, which is now about 12 years ago. Now, some people call me crazy when I say, it's okay what happened to me, even that I almost lost my life, because ever since, I see life from a different angle. And I'm a strong believer that everything that happens to us happens for a reason. I'm saying that because if all I shared with you wouldn't have happened, I would most likely still work in a corporate position, have kids with a wife that would have left me in a blink of an eye as soon as life gets tough. I know this might sound a bit strange, but I wish everyone on the planet experiences adversity at least once in their lifetime. Why? Because it shapes and forms us for difficult times ahead. And believe me if I say... Difficult times are around the corner for each and every one of us. Fact of the matter is, no one knows when you will need to deal with a situation that is out of your comfort zone. So I'm glad I experienced all that because I can now help others when life throws them around and they need somebody to guide them through those times of hitting rock bottom. You know, I think a coach that has not experienced what they want to guide people towards or away from will never fully understand what his or her client is going through, right? In other words, a coach needs to have skin in the game to be able to put themselves in the same position like their client. I actually don't like using the word client as I see my clients as my partners. Why partner? Because we're on the same mission to reach an outcome we both have agreed to accomplish together. Which means we're in a partnership to reach a specific goal and that unites us. Now let's get back to the story. So when I was back in Spain, about 18 months went by with recovering from my third operation. During that time, I continued trying to get my online business off the ground. Because until then, my so-called online business was making peanuts. But I knew that there was a way to earn a living from home with my laptop. I just needed to find my way and understand how this internet thing really worked. Luckily, I realized I was following the wrong people before. So it was no surprise that I was spinning my wheels up until then. 
So I said to myself, stop. You need to start studying only from the best and most famous marketing gurus out there. So I invested even more money by maxing out my credit cards, trying to figure out this internet thingamajig. And I began to only study from the top industry leaders, people like Dan Kennedy, Jay Abraham, Frank Kern, and Ryan Dice. And at the same time, I read books from the top marketers of our time, people like Claude Hopkins, David Ogilvy, Eugene Schwartz, Gary Halbert, Peter Drucker, and many, many more. As I studied these guys, I started a consulting agency in 2012 out of sheer desperation because all the so-called business opportunities I tried with how to make money online were getting me nowhere. So I started helping local businesses get more customers with the knowledge I had gathered over the first years being an internet marketer, if I could even call myself that to that time. And as the weeks and months went by, I began to implement the marketing tactics that I was learning from these famous marketers. And bit by bit, I was getting traction after spinning my wheels for almost two years. Anyhow, things were starting to look good for the agency and our clients were happy. One day, a fitness coach approached us as he heard what we've been doing for other businesses and he wanted us to do the same for him. So we took him on and got to work. And after about eight weeks or so, he wanted to have a meeting with the owner of the agency. And I thought, oops, something was wrong. But the opposite was the case. He said he was so pleased with what we were doing for him that he wanted to know how we did it. And I said, what do you mean? Well, can you show me in detail not only how you did it, but also what you did? And I said, uh, okay, um, do you have a few weeks? And we both started laughing. And I said, look, what we do for our clients is not rocket science. But in order to show you what we do, you would need to first understand the fundamentals of online marketing. And before I could continue with what I was going to say, he asked me, if we had a coaching program that could teach him exactly what we did for his business. But I had to tell him that we didn't have a program that could show him all that. So he said, well, then how about creating one? And I was like, uh, uh, okay. Not knowing that the conversation I had with that coach that day was the beginning of my coaching career. So after about a month or so, I got back to him and introduced him to a 12-week coaching program that not only teaches coaches or consultants how to generate a consistent stream of new clients for their business, but also dives deep into the mindset of a successful coach or consultant, which led to more coaches contacting us and asking about our program. And it didn't take long that we noticed why the majority of coaches go out of business. And it was due to them not having a marketing strategy in place that assures they have a ever stream of new prospects knocking at their door. Which brings me back to one of the reasons why I launched this podcast. Remember when I said at the beginning that if I could help the coaching community one day, I will? And I said that because it was a coach that helped me out of my depression and kept me from doing something stupid to myself. And now that our agency is almost running on autopilot, and it only is because of an amazing team that helps me with moving this business forward. Wait a sec. While we're here, big shout out to my team. I appreciate each and every one of you. I thank you all for what you're doing to help this company grow.
That said, I thought this year would be a good time to create a podcast that will help coaches from around the globe to get more exposure for their coaching business. Because I know how it feels like trying to understand how this online marketing works. So I said, I'm going to send the elevator back down again so others can come up too. And we do that with creating a podcast that gives coaches more exposure by interviewing them and sharing their story. So people out there can listen to the podcast and maybe find a coach that can help and guide them the same way my coach did for me when I was in a very bad place. Meanwhile, there are other people coaching and mentoring me. So I reach my goals and continue with serving humanity, which again leads back to what happened to me 12 years ago. All happened for a good reason. Otherwise, I would most likely not record this podcast right now. I hope this gave you an insight with what I do and why this podcast exists. So if you're a coach and you want to come on the show, then email our team at info at coachesspotlight.com and they'll get back to you with info about the podcast. With that said, thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you in future episodes. Take care.